The, the podcast I did with Colin had some of the best feedback that I've ever had from a podcast. So following that one, this is the next one that I'm doing. We have big shoes to fill, but I think we can do it because the energy that I share with this young man on the other side of the screen, champ, is it's a special kind of energy because we've only known each other for about a month, yet it feels like we've known each other for a lot longer than that. Um, I just heard a fragment of this young man's past. He is a former music artist turned investor, content creator, expert in the Web3 NFT space, and all around just a, a very high energy, high vibrating person to have a conversation with on this fine Friday morning as we sip our beautiful cups of coffee. And we just- What kind are you drinking? I've just got, okay, so I have different, my relationship with coffee is a special relationship. Mm -hmm. um, this morning I'm drinking just, a, a, we could get into that a little later, but this morning I'm drinking a, a black blend that my, my old man, my pops, brewed up. I'm at my parents' house here in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And, um, I like to have, I like to have my, the, the cup that my, my pops brews with love, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, bro. That was my version of the introduction. I mean, what, is there anything else I missed? What, how should, how else should we, uh, champ, take it away. Yeah, dude. Uh, thanks for the intro. I would, I would echo everything that you just said. I, I, part of the reason why I like traveling so much, part of the reason why I spend so much money on traveling, going to events, meeting people is because the ROI on, on that is always super high because I get to meet people like you. Um, so it's been, it's been really cool to sort of, you know, initially forward to our friendship here. I look forward to our conversation today and the intro is pretty accurate. Yeah, man. Um, I would just sort of tack on there, serial entrepreneur, you know, just recently launched a new venture and, and, and certainly many more in the future. You and I share that proclivity and, um, that interest for, you know, starting, running and growing businesses on the internet. So I think today our main objective is to talk a lot about mindset, right? Because you and I, I think one of the reasons we get along so well, share this, this, this belief or rather this sort of obsession that, that, that thoughts create our reality, right? And it's a lot easier to feel that way whenever you were seen and felt those tangible results, uh, of that belief and that acting in your own life. Right. And this is something that I think is really important to talk about because I, like many, many internet entrepreneurs or just entrepreneurs in general, fell into the trap my first year of entrepreneurship of just like destroying my body for the sake of, you know, capital gains. Right. And it became very clear to me once I sort of hit a plateau and a wall in my journey that not only from sort of a monetary perspective in order to continue growing, was I going to have to start taking care of myself um, and really being diligent about how I think, but also from a life perspective, right? That health is, is, is number one and taking care of the mind and the body is number one. Um, and the really interesting thing was that as I started to do that, it sort of created a flywheel that also impacted positively my business, um, and subsequently my bank accounts. <laughs> I look forward to talking about all that stuff today. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, mindset design and, and sort of how you think about it. I don't want to monopolize the conversation here, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that is a key part that I I sort of I left out is that uh, serial entrepreneur. I think I mean both of us um, multi mul- multidisciplinary entrepreneurs. Some might call us Renaissance men. I think I would certainly classify you as a, a Renaissance man, and that's something that I've I've uh, I've been called in the past. But you know, it's interesting. Like when you're doing work, and and I'll revert back to the the, the original. Uh, mindset topic here but it's interesting like how everything is interrelated right and i'm sure you'll you'll kind of relate to this exactly where like i'll be deep in a project in my business and or one of my businesses and then i'll be like you know what i need to play some piano right now i'll get up i'll play some piano and then after that i'll be like you know what i need to hit a meditation and then i need to go on a bike ride and it's like okay i just jumped from the world of business numbers P&L, you know, uh, LTV, uh, MRR over to maybe some Beethoven, maybe some Scott Joplin. And then I hop out and I'm, I've got my Buddha statue out there. I'm hitting a little meditation and then I get my blood flowing and I'm on a bike ride in the middle of nature. And then I go back to my desk and I'm refreshed and I have all these new ideas. And it's this like, this like vortex of thoughts mixing with the energy that you're putting in and around your body mixed with the frequency and energy of the the music that you might be surrounding yourself with and playing and so what are your thoughts on and now we're starting like complete and we have a podcast listeners we have an entire agenda that i am just completely ignoring right now just in a flow state but (laughs) but um but but yeah, what are your thoughts, Champ, on just like how all of these thoughts are, uh, all of these thoughts and, and energies, like you have like your business energy, right? And then you have your music side. You're a former artist. I would still consider you an artist. You've got your content side, then you've got your morning walk, right? You've got your coffee. Like how do you conceptualize and and bring all of these ideas into the one, into the one like uh, channel? that is ultimately the output that you're looking to have, uh, whether that's on your business, whether that's on a podcast you're creating. And and how do you like think about, do you see what I'm trying to say? Like there's these different sort of disciplines that all relate to the same thing, which is mindset, and then the output that comes from that mindset. Great question. So this is something that I used to struggle with a lot. I'm uh a scatterbrained individual by nature, right? Uh, ADHD is, you know, um, and I am kind of like you mentioned, it's, it's in my nature to like do this for a second and then do this and do this and do this and do this. And the core challenge that you encounter whenever you're that type of individual is that oftentimes you get a lot of baked ideas, a lot of half-baked businesses, right? Oh, I want to do this. You get inspired for a second and then it starts to get hard and you quit, you go do something else, right? So you play half a song, you write half a YouTube script, you design a curriculum for a new course, things of this nature, right? Um, So I had to figure out a way to unite all of my efforts and to design my life in a manner that not only held me accountable, um, but, but made me as productive as possible because something that I've learned in the last year is that all of these things are interconnected, right? So the way that you do business 
is the way that you approach relationships, is the way that you respect your own body, is the way that, that you approach fitness, um, is the way you do everything else in your life. So what became very clear to me was that in order to live optimally, I was going to have to design very intentionally a central source of truth for myself to reference as I make decisions in all different disciplines, right? Because I want to be sort of like a wholly united um, and cohesive individual, right? Avoid that sort of cognitive dissonance that can come with doing so many other things. So as like basic or as silly as it might sound, um, something that has really, really helped me is actually sitting down and writing down and putting a ton of time and effort into crafting my values, right? And this is literally a list that I wrote out. And I'm sure you've done this too. Uh, Colin's done this a lot of it. We, we talked about this in Spain, I think. Writing down a, a tiered list and a fully comprehensive list, front-loading all the thought and work about exactly who I am into a true list of values, right? Um, and what I have at this point is a list of values which I reference every single time I'm making a decision in any discipline of my life, right? And what that means is that as I'm making a decision about what I'm going to do in business, in life, uh, in my relationship, in fitness, in any of these things, anytime I'm having trouble with whether or not I should say yes to something, I should do something, I can reference um, this list of values and use it to decide, does this help me or the people around me live in accordance with these values? If yes, do it. If no, don't do it, right? Um, and the only reason that works, however, and the only way you can do something like that and sort of get to the point of, of functioning like this is if you have exercised enough discipline and proven to yourself that you can trust yourself, um, which is, I was talking about this yesterday, which is why, you know, like I, I used to laugh at this kind of thing. Whenever I saw like guys in it, like, oh, you have to get up at this time. You do the cold showers. You got to work out. There's all these things, which might seem silly if you're not really trying to design your own life. But the reality is this, right? And I'll put it like very, very simply. If you cannot trust yourself to act on the plans that you lay out for yourself, you cannot design your life, right? If you say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to go to the gym at 730 and you don't do it, what does that mean? That means anything else that you plan out, any any other ideas that you commit to, you are potentially liable to not do them, right? And as you build that trust with yourself, you can build more protocols. You can go from somebody who's really disorganized, oh, I'm so distracted, I got to do this, 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 this. To somebody who can lay out a plan and 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 block out your days and weeks and and act in accordance with values and actually trust yourself to do it. So, what looks to the naked eye and uh, sorry, I want to be done. Like a life that is super like Renaissance man, like fragmented, like I'm doing ten million things, is actually one. And we can talk about scheduling to like laid out really diligently every minute of my day, including the time that I spend sitting on a beach chair, is is on my calendar and two, all of it is sort of ran through a filter of like, does this adhere to these 15 core values that I've written out on a sheet and spent like days pouring over? Does that make sense? Yes. So just to sum up your point. So what you're saying that you like, that has helped you unify this, like multi, like both of us are very excited about a lot of different areas of life. And so that can come off as scatterbrained and and that's one way to put it i think the better way to put it is uh, is the renaissance man we're just we're so we're doing so many things it's, i guess it is scatterbrained but 
But the thing that helps you unify it is your list of values so that you're able to decide on which things are, are worth your focus and energy. And I 100% agree with that. I think that if you don't have a concept, and this is something I think that we should we should definitely dive into. I call it um, in Tribe Accelerator, I call it the Vision Acceleration Planner. In my program, Maxi, I call it your master vision. But essentially what you need to have is a unified identity or a, 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 a goal or a mission or an outline of self that you can come back to and that is your, your method of channeling your energy in the direction that you want it to go. And I think the, the first question that comes to mind, and now we're actually settling into a little bit of our agenda here, as I look at it, I realize it fits perfectly, is you've got all these ideas, you know, okay, you've got, you've got, uh, you know, champs like, uh, you know, he's got his list of values, he's got his, you know, he's got his businesses, he's got, you know, he's got his girl, he's got his YouTube channel set up, like, he's got his, his you know, his businesses. How is, how do you even get, how do you get to that level? And how do you, how do you choose that list of values? And how do you choose that central identity that you're going to ultimately push your energy through? And what I would call it is I, I call it the voice from stillness. The only way that you're going to get clarity in your life, at least as a man, I can't speak for women, is if you spend time in silence. I can't think of many problems in my life that I wasn't able to solve by just sitting down and doing absolutely nothing and letting the answer simply roll itself out in front of me on a red carpet. And that might sound like, oh, lazy or etc. But here's the thing. If you can't do nothing, how do you expect yourself to do anything? How, if you think about it, if you can't sit down and do nothing for 30 minutes in the morning, because some people say, oh, I can't do that. You know, my mind gets too busy. H- how are you going to start a business? You can't even sit in a chair and do nothing. So for me, that list of values, right? That like some people, that's overwhelming for a lot of people, right? Because they're like, how do I even come up with that? Well, I think the first step is you got to get real still and real quiet with yourself because that's the only way you're going to ever be able to figure out what's truly important to you to put on that list of values. When I meditate or pray or whatever someone might want to call it, what I'm doing is I'm sitting down, I'm being still, I'm connecting to what some might call source, some might call God, and all of the bullshit in my mind initially there falls to the side and to the top arises those values and that identity that turns into my mindset and the thing through which I centralize all my energy. What are your thoughts on the voice from stillness, meditation, and and ultimately using that as a method to get to know yourself better? Dude, so the reason why so many people that are watching this podcast can check their screen time on their phone and it's like 14 hours a day or whatever, or however much it is, eight hours a day, is because 
you're you're scared to be alone with yourself. And I'm speaking from personal experience because this was something that I really only started to address in like the last year, right? Um, so we we have to, by the way. I want to preface all this by saying like some people that are early entrepreneurs kind of like believe this fallacy where it's like, oh, okay, I have to do all this like da, 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 in order to be able to be successful at all. Like that's not the case, right? Like I started making quite a bit of money on the internet, then I fixed myself. But either way, you're going to have to do this at some point, right? Um, so I, 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 I say that because I think some people buy into this fallacy where it's like they're not making any money and they're like, okay, if I start meditating every day, I'm going to get rich. Like you it's more complex than that. But yeah, you make a really good point wherein is that if you, if you can't do nothing, how can you do anything, right? And the, the reality is that a lot of people don't know what is important to them. A lot of people don't know who they are or what they are because they don't know themselves, right? And if you don't know yourself and then you don't know what your values are, then you don't know how to act in accordance with yourself. So what happens is that you end up basically like wading through life unconsciously on autopilot and like we jokingly call people bots all the time but it's very real like and the reason why i like the nbc analogy is because like whenever you play like an rpg or something like skyrim or world of warcraft and you walk into one of these villages there are these npcs whose job it is to uh like they just they walk on this little path up and down the village they have like a couple voice lines okay at this time they walk to the uh cantina and they do their like little programmed actions then they walk home at night whenever the game's like night game and they go to bed right um and that's the life that a lot of individuals end up in because they have sort of like no passion to chase because they don't even know what the fuck they want to do or like what they value in life and the thing is is this as you begin to go on this sort of journey of self-actualization and, and spending the time to do this, because by the way, everybody has time to do this. People are going to say, I don't have time. I, I am currently, this is a very busy time for me. I, I'm starting a couple of businesses working like in 12 hours a day, every single day. I have time to do it, which means you have time to do it. Everybody has time to do it. If you scroll your phone before bed, you have time to do it. You just do, right? If you take a lunch break, you have time to do it. Um, as you begin this process, though, of self-actualization um, and beginning to practice meditation, beginning to practice silence and putting your phone down, it's really, really hard at first. You you start down this journey. You're really excited about it for a couple days. And then the body starts to fight back against the mind on the third or the fourth or the fifth day of trying to do this um, because people are addicted to a life they don't even like, right? You've spent... 20, 25 years in the comfort of your own anxiety. And that sounds counterintuitive, but it wasn't until I understood this that I began being able to go on this journey, right? You're addicted to negative emotions. You're addicted to a life that you don't even like. And as counterintuitive as it sounds, and you can get really frustrated because you're like, oh, I tried to meditate and all, uh, after 10 minutes, I got sort of pulled away, right? It's so hard, right? Like, your body starts to fight back on this because you want to fall back into the, the person you've been your entire life, right? So I say that to, to, to say that as you begin this journey, it is really hard. And I, I sent a message about this in the like, Telegram channel last night at, where I said, like, you're not going to die. You're not going to burn out. You're doing what it takes. And you have to front load the work in order for life to later become effortless, Right. And I'm speaking from experience because I'm in a very busy time right now. But when you start trying to practice stillness 
and figure out who you are. Uh, and by the way, the way that I found my values was like, there's literally only so many values in the world. Mark Moss talked to us about this at Capital Club uh, late one night in Spain. Like, you can Google a list of core values and start crossing out values until you figure out what yours are and start putting them in a list and be like, yeah, that is me, right? And this took me like an entire day, right? So in uh, on a Saturday, instead of fucking around and doing whatever I, I used to normally do on a Saturday, it took me like six, eight hours to do this. I front loaded that work. Now I have a forever document to reference though that then makes all the decisions that I make in my life easier. But people don't want to do that, right? And if if you do this and you take your phone and you go lock it in a drawer or something in the other room while you do this, what you're going to notice is the moment you encounter your first challenge or sort of hard obstacle, you're going to do one of these. You're going to do a ghost reach for your phone. And, and you're going to realize that you have this like sort of dopamine hyper addiction where you're never quiet, where you're never silent with your own thoughts. So if you can't be alone, then you're scared of yourself, which means that you have things to figure out about yourself, which means let's circle all the way back around. And I want to hear your perspective on this. You have to learn to, if you cannot be alone, if you cannot be quiet and your reasoning is like, oh, I'm just an extrovert. This is what I used to say when I was a kid. Uh, like, oh, I'm just an extrovert. I, I I recharge being around other people. No, no, no. You you just need to learn about yourself and figure out how to think. Do you know what I mean? Bro, you said like nine things that I want to go on a tangent on. Okay. NPCs, funny anecdote there. You had a quote that was just, oh, that was so good. You said it, the way that you said it, I don't think anyone's ever delivered it at the level that you delivered it. You said... People are addicted to a life that they don't even like. I want to talk about that. And then the last one was your your actual list of values and Googling the values. Okay. So the first one, NPC. So you might remember this. Were you there the day we went golfing with like, there were like, it was the golf day. Like there were 16 of us or no. Uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't get to go out. I, I was at the hotel with, anyway, no, I wasn't there. Okay. All right. So, all right, then this will be good because you weren't there. So I can tell the story. So we at Capital Club in Spain and Cartagena, for those that um, aren't aware, Luke Belmar put on an amazing event uh, in Spain and there were 115, seven, eight, nine, ten figure entrepreneurs from all over the world that flew in to this beautiful resort on a golf course. And on the third or fourth day, there was an activity, activity day where uh, if you wanted to, you could go out golfing um, in a group of guys. And I was very surprised, champ, to find out that almost nobody in Capital Club knew how to golf. It was like, bro, it was like me. I think there's a, a guy named, I forget which guy. There were like two, a Woody. Woody was pretty good. Like two or three guys out of like 16 in this group that knew how to golf. Everyone else had no idea. Like they had no understanding of golf etiquette or anything. Do you understand golf etiquette? A little? Maybe. Vaguely. I used to work at a country club. Yeah. So you worked. Okay. I was a caddy for four years. So like you work at a golf club. It is militant. You know, like you can't mess around. And if they tell you the tee time is 9.03, you better be there at 8.57 you know, like ready to tee off. First of all, we were late for the tee time. Second of all, around like the third hole, Colin, 
who I didn't, Colin seems like a kind of guy who would understand golf. Colin, Hunter, a couple other guys decided instead of it being, you're supposed to play as a foursome, right? Like two, two guys in a cart, the other two guys in the cart, teeing off, and then another group behind them. They wanted to have 12 people on the same hole. And I was like, guys, you, you can't, we can't. They're like, why not? Why can't we just all play on the same hole? I'm like, it just doesn't work like that. Like, it, you have to respect, the, 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 you can't do that. So these guys are trying to all play at the same time. And of course, one of the workers from La Manga Golf Course, apologies to the La Manga Golf Resort, poor guy comes over and I hate to say it, but he was kind of an NPC. He was like, you guys can't, you guys can't do this. You know, you, you need to separate into groups of three. And good old Hunter, just as he's standing right next to us, goes, guys, just ignore him. It's just an NPC. And, and just continued golfing. And as, as much as my like inner caddy and like respect for golf was like cringing at it, I also at the same time was like, man, this really is true. This guy is an NPC. He's just doing, I mean, he's just doing his job, like telling us to do that. But what do you think about those kind of people? They, they do sort of exist in real life. The thing is, you just don't want to be one of them. And you, you know, I don't think you should disrespect NPCs. I think. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Uh, I'll preface by saying that I, I, try, I want to treat everybody with, with respect. So I'm, I'm not like, <laughs> but, but, but yeah. I, I love Hunter. Hunter's a different breed though. You know, he's, he's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so the second point, you said, beautifully put, one of the most beautiful ways I've ever heard anyone say it, people are addicted to a life that they don't even like. And I want to expand on that because it couldn't be more true. It It is, and I see it with not only myself, like, not okay, not only people I care about and people that I, I've come across throughout my life, but I see it in myself sometimes. You know, I... And, and this is a problem that everyone actually has unconsciously. Everyone listening to this, no matter what level they're at, they're experiencing some version of what is called the upper limit problem. And what this is, is that everybody lives in this pattern of existence, right? Where you can picture like, you can picture like there's an upper limit and a lower limit, okay? And people are constantly on this like, so, you remember math class? You remember the sine function? It's like a it's like a, a wave like this, right? And it hits the upper limit and then it hits the lower limit and the upper limit and the lower limit. And what happens is people follow this pattern predictably in every area of their life. For example, you're in college, okay? And you went to college, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So you you understand this? So. You're in college. You're like, okay, I'm going to be productive. I'm going to do my schoolwork on time. I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm feeling good. Wow, I got a few assignments ahead. I'm a few assignments ahead. So you know what? I'm going to go to the party and I'm going to get fucking obliterated because I am a few assignments ahead. You're at your peak, right? You just get to Figma, Psi, whatever the fuck, and you get obliterated. And now, boom, you are down and you're, a da- you're, you're falling down. 
And maybe you slept in bed with someone you probably shouldn't have. Maybe you said a few things you shouldn't have. Now there's some drama. Now you missed class on Tuesday and Thursday. You're a few assignments behind. Oh, and there's a midterm paper that's now due. Boom. Now you're at the bottom. And now all of a sudden you were ahead and now you're behind. Right. And now you're behind. You're like, oh, shit, I got I to gotta get my ass into gear. I, I got to. I can't be going out this weekend. I know there's a party, but you know what? I'm going to go to the gym instead. I'm going to be like David Goggins. I'm listening to my audiobook. I'm going to I'm I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to be at the library all Saturday while everyone's partying, and then you slowly creep back up to your upper limit. And then what happens? You're a few assignments ahead and boom, back down. And this happens, here's another example. You are out of college. You're making a little bit of money now. And you look at your bank account, you're like, wow, I've never had this much money in my bank account. This is the most amount of money I had, I've had. And not only that, I look around, my desk is clean, my room is clean, my, my clothes are folded in their drawer. And not only that, I, I've been getting to bed early. I've got the most amount of money I've ever had. My desk is clean, my clothes are folded, and I'm getting to bed early. And... Then what you do is you say, you know what? I think this deserves a little celebration. I'm going to go to the ice cream shop. And after the ice cream shop and I have my my double-decker ice cream, I'm going to go out and catch up with some friends. And I'm going to go out to Kiki on the River and have a few drinks because I deserve it. And, and now it's 1130 at night. And you say, you know what? James just invited me to live. And he said, we're just going to split a table between a few guys. Maybe a thousand bucks. It's fine. I got plenty of money. Okay. All right. I'm going to split a table at live. And you know, oh, we're still at live. 3, 4 a.m. And Colin invites me to 11. Damn it. All right. Now I'm going to 11. But you know what? I haven't been in like a few months, so I'm just going to go. And now it's 7 a.m. and the sun is up and I'm back home and everything is fucked up again. Because now what's happened is I've spent an unexpected $7,000 in one night. My sleep schedule and my aura score is completely fucked. And I've fallen down into a downward spiral. And I'm at the bottom of that sine wave. And my pattern... My pattern of existence is now declining. And what happens, this maybe happens for a week or two because you're still like, still got some money. You're like, okay, I recovered. It's fine. I'm, I'm ahead a bit. But then all of a sudden you look back at your bank account. And you're like, oh shit, I got, this is I, I, a couple weeks ago. I was at like the most money I've had. Now it's, now it's looking a little thin. I got to get my ass into gear. And then what happens is you make the journey up. So what happens, right? is people are not only addicted to a life they don't like, but they're addicted to a version of themselves that is incapable of reaching the next level. And this is what I call the upper limit problem, okay? People can't expand past the limit that they allow themselves to feeling good. So, yeah, I want to talk about this. And, and, and let me say, by the way, I don't, like, I don't, I don't want to entirely like take credit for some of these ideas were disgusting if you're watching this google dr joe dispenza um talks a lot about the relationship 
between the body and, and, and the mind thoughts determining our reality, things of this nature. Um, and, and I, I would, I would credit to him sort of the, the line of thought that led to what I said earlier, but I want to talk about what you're saying right now, which is, um, we have to abandon this fallacy wherein what you do and who you are is, is, is separate, right? And that you can remain the same person, but you're going to adopt these new habits because what's going to happen is you're going to end up doing exactly what you're talking about. Um, which is why I talked about the values thing earlier, because the only way in order to have like consistent positive action and not fall back into the same trap of doing of doing well and then doing the bullshit that puts you in a bad enough position that you're finally motivated again to do well again is to become a new person whose core values and whose like things that they enjoy are actually the things that are putting yourself in a good position. Because let's really think about it. Like how stupid is it to work really, really hard? to do well and then to reward yourself for doing well with things that are directly sabotaging exactly what you work so hard for and it's a trap bro and like i know there's a lot of kind of like funny like oh matrix discourse that goes on but like just keeping it one like totally real like that is what i mean whenever the matrix this idea that like oh yeah you did really well go poison yourself fuck up your body um, completely derail yourself for being able to be successful, waste two days of your week, um, and then get back to it, right? Because that's how you reward yourself. But all you're doing when you do that is keeping yourself from making any actual progress. Because here's the thing, and I'm not saying live like a military lifestyle. I'm not saying never drink alcohol again. You can make your own personal choices. Everyone watching this, for the most part, is an adult or close. And but what I what I would like you guys to visualize is is an exponential curve right so everybody taking math class you know an exponential curve right it goes like this and it starts to get steeper and steeper and steeper right and this is how i want you to imagine progress in your own life right so uh very often as you start to see even the littlest sort of incline in this curve right because success multiplies exponentially right so the longer you do the right thing the faster you start to go where you want to go you go from one to two or maybe you go from two to four and then you fuck up and you do things that you shouldn't have done and every time that happens you go back to one right wherein if you had just continued on the path you would have gone from four to eight and then eight to 16 and then 16 to 32 and your life would have started changing really fast but you never get there because you never break out of this sort of self-destructive cycle and that's because you're not putting in the work to become a person who actually does these things because once you do that and you and you change the central identity it starts to become effortless to do the right thing right but you have to have a really stern conversation with yourself about what do you want in life right and for me i know it sounds i'm young right i'm 25 but that's looking in the mirror and being like hey dude we're not getting any younger there are kids that are 17 18 years old that are crushing you right now we know which direction sorry i'll turn my camera on, back on just a second we know which direction life is go the world is going in and we are not even close to where we need to be right it's time to take this seriously so while my camera cools down i'm about to turn it back on i want to hear uh your thoughts on this as well yeah yeah it's which part specifically do you want me to to riff on like becoming 
a person, which makes it effortless to do the right things because you've done this, right? I know this about you. You, you sent me a video this morning riding a bike at 7 a.m. psyched about your bike ride. So you have become that person. What it what it comes down to, and this is something that is actually relatively new for me, to be completely honest. I've never in my life had the type of energy that I have today. And, you know, I have to attribute a lot of it to, there's, there's a couple things that I would attribute this, this level of energy. And I'll, I'll, everyone's after high levels of energy and high amounts of energy and not only high amounts, but high quality energy that is channeled into the direction of your desire and the goals that you actually set and that you wish to achieve. Because I know so many people listening to this podcast have written down goals only to look at those goals a few months later and being like, well, I got close, sort of. Or maybe you look at them, you're like, man, I'm not even halfway there. Or maybe you look at them and you go, well, I made it halfway, but then I just kind of stalled and I'm stuck. Okay. How do you how do you get past that? How do you, as Champ is saying, how do you go from one to two to four to eight to 16 to 32 to 64 to multiplying? It's like that old analogy, that old story of the king who offered the man uh, one gift every day for 30 days. And the peasant man said, all I want is two grains of rice multiplied every day for 30 days. And the king said, huh, you want just two grains of rice multiplied every day for 30 days? Of course, that's nothing. And do you know what two to the power of 30 is? 1.07 billion. I got it. It's 1.07 billion. That's how much rice the, the peasant man got for following the law of exponential growth that Champ is talking about. And so... I'll continue here as Champ's camera is, uh, is, is completely fried. Um, this exponential growth and this energy that you can get from this exponential growth is something that honestly is, is relatively new to me, as I was saying. And I can attribute it to a couple things. One, I actually have to attribute it to being in a secure relationship. Because when you're a single guy floating around the ether, what are you doing at night? You're messaging chicks. You know? I mean, at least that's probably what I was doing. Right? You go to bed, you message a few chicks, set up some dates. You're in a secure relationship. I know you've been in one for, what, four plus years now? Now, A lot easier to just go to bed at 9, 9 p.m. and wake up at 6. So that's one thing that I would attribute it to. The second thing I would attribute it to is the countless amount of times that I went from one to four and back down to one again. And people are often not motivated by their goals, but they're motivated by the pain that they've once felt. And I've felt a lot of pain. And that pain from not getting from one to four to multiplying and and exponentializing my growth to 16 to 32 over constantly feeling like, I just... I, I can't get to that higher level. That's what's propelled me to now go, you know what? 
at the end of my day, I'm not rewarding myself with alcohol or going out with my friends. I'm rewarding myself with going to bed at 9.30 p.m. and waking up at 6 a.m. and going on a morning bike ride and doing it all over again. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, dude. That we talked about the, the 10 billion grains of rice. Most people even do it for a month. Oh my God, I made it 10 billion grains of rice. I, 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 I made it, right? This is crazy. You know, uh, I listened to this podcast. They were talking about staying consistent, but like I've, I've done really good. I made it really far. And then they, right? But that, that's the trick. There's endless sort of levels to this trap, right? And you have to get out of the mindset of like, I'm doing this and it's really hard work. And eventually it will be ease, easier. Or, and eventually I will fall back in sort of these hedonistic patterns. And you have to get into the mindset of, no, no, no. Once I do this long enough, it is more enjoyable than the stupid shit that I used to consider a reward, right? Because even if you're approaching this purely from like a very um, short-sighted, like I want to feel good now perspective, then what you have to train yourself to do is weigh out the options of actually how good it starts to feel just doing the right things because it's amazing, right? Versus how good it's going to feel to be you know, blackout drug in this club or whatever it is, because the reality is that like, you don't know what you don't know. So if you've never been on a really good streak and actually started to see your life change and felt legitimately fulfilled and proud of yourself and been able to take care of your family in a way that they thought was impossible or shock the people around you with the things you've been able to do, that feeling is more than anything that you're going to get um, from whatever you consider sort of your rewards assuming that your rewards are not like doing really intense opiates like heroin or something in which case you have a larger issue that you probably need to address but it, excluding like intense drug highs but that that's that's a problem in its own right that you need to address before you probably even do any of this so it really just ties back to like what i was saying before of of, of the fact that like you're just quitting too early do you know what I mean? And it's framed wrong in your mind. And it is going to be really hard at first, but you have to enter this with the understanding of like, the longer you do it, you know, you are what you do, right? So the longer you do it, who you are begins to change. And eventually you will become the person who values these good behaviors over everything else. And you'll get into a space that you never thought existed. Right. And that's like the very profound experience that I, I, I wish for everybody who listens to this conversation, because eventually what's going to happen is the money that you make or the businesses that you build, all of which are temporary. Right. Um, if, if you have never read, uh, if you've never read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, you absolutely should and familiarize yourself with the acceptance of the idea that we're all dust, right? I'm going to die and then I'll be remembered. The people who remember me are then going to die. Then the people who remember them are going to die. Um, and that entire thing wherein I've completely forgotten, even if I'm the most important person in the world, right? Uh, you, what was the last time you and I talked about today, Roosevelt, right? You know what I mean? The entire area in which all of that is going to happen is going to compromise such a short sliver of the entire world's history that 
it's not going to matter, right? So while you're here, then the most important thing is to live a good and a fulfilling life and have as much positive impact as you can, right? So remove yourself from these, as I said earlier, hedonistic urges for like constant dopamine spikes and try and live life in a way that positively impacts your own soul and the people around you. And you'll be shocked how quickly you become a different person, right? I believe everyone is capable of this. And all that's really holding you back is, like I said earlier, an addiction to emotions. And again, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this at, at great length. He has like an hour and a half long podcast on Jay Shetty's show on YouTube, which is great about this. An addiction to these emotions, which are not serving you, right? And the body is going to try and throw you back into these sort of negative feedback loops of living in the past um, because your body does not know the difference, by the way, of whether or not you are envisioning constantly the worst case scenario or actually experiencing it, right? Just like it does not know the difference between you envisioning your success already happening and it actually happening. So imagine to live in that, excuse me, learn to live in that sort of positive space and watch the impact that it begins to have on your life as you're somebody who acts um, in a fulfilled and healthy manner. And all these other things become byproducts, right? The money in everything you build will be forgotten. So focus on living a fulfilling life now. And, and that's a step that most people don't even get to, which is crazy. Everything will turn into dust, as you said. And so nothing matters and nothing lasts. Yet the paradox is also true which is that the only thing that matters and that eternally matters is this moment that we're in right now. This moment, the present moment, is the most important thing, single thing that you can focus on. And the quality of this moment is determined by your relationship to this moment and your relationship to your thoughts. When you move from a reactor to thoughts, you know, the type of person that doesn't define who they are and that is simply a puppet to the identity that the world gives to them. When you do that, instead of choosing a list of values, signing up for the task of setting eight hours on your, su your Sunday or your Saturday, and choosing who it is you want to be, that is what is going to differentiate you from 98, 99% of people out there. Because 99% of people, they are puppets to who everyone else wants them to be, and they don't even realize it. Most people don't even realize that their identity was not even crafted by themselves. It's not, it's, they, they're addicted to it, they're addicted to this identity that they've created or that they, they, they're, they're addicted to this identity that they've been living, that's experiencing this midlife and they're attached to it. They're resistant to change and they don't take the time to do the simple task of actually defining their own set of values and their own identity. And so I think there's one really interesting part about this whole assignment that 
I give everyone uh, immediately when they get into Maxi, right? Um, and that is, you know what you're supposed to do, right? You know the, the simple actions, the, the subtle urges that, that are drawing you toward a higher state of living. You, we all know what those, those little things are, right? And the more time you spend in the voice of stillness, right? The more, the more time you spend listening to silence, right? The more that these subtle urges and these subtle hints of truth about what you're really meant to be doing in your life, the, the louder and more frequently those voices come at you. Chant, I'm sure that you live in this similar reality, right? When, when I wake up in the morning and I do my breath work and journaling and I go on my bike ride, I am just pounded with subtle urges and ideas that I know if I followed any of them, that they would take me to a higher state of living. For so many other people, their mind is just cluttered with nonsense and with drama and with reacting to what someone said to them on Twitter or social media or watching the news or something like that. What are your thoughts on paying attention to the subtle urges, the subtle hints of this is what you're supposed to be doing, champ? And it, it kind of comes in quickly, right? And and the more that you act on those urges, the more the more you practice meditation and the more action you take, the more those ideas start to hit you like a waterfall. But what are your thoughts on, yeah, that transition from like, okay, your mind is mostly noise to hearing that that voice of truth? Well, you know what's easier as a first step than just completely silencing all of your inputs? It's fixing them, right? So we have to, we have to design these urges, right? And the best way to do that, um, because if you're watching this podcast and you have 10 hours of screen time a day, you're probably not going to go straight to zero, right? The easiest way to begin designing your mind so that these urges that you're getting hit with all the time become more positive is to maintenance and coal the things that you are putting in, right? So maybe it's it's hard for you to stop scrolling all the time, right? Um, maybe you're not going to finish watching this podcast and immediately get off TikTok and immediately get off YouTube, whatever, that's fine. It's, it's a process. But you know what you can do right now is every time you open one of these apps, on Instagram, on Twitter, on all these apps, there's a nice little feature where you can click the little three dots and say, not interested. Every time you scroll across something that is not positive, right? And the other piece of this is that like as these 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 algos are so reactive and advanced in a way to like recommend you things that they think you are interested in to keep you addicted. If you go right now on Instagram and find 10 to 20 pages that you would consider positive inputs, right? Things that inspire you to be better in life, things that inspire you to be healthier, uh, things that help you visualize and focus on the future that you want and go follow those pages, start interacting with their content. Your Instagram is going to start recommending you more content like that as well. Um, so what I'm suggesting is that if even you can take these things that you are addicted to and realistically you should be spending less time on, but you're still going to be spending time on them and change what you are subconsciously inputting into your brain every single day, right? And you're looking at things that inspire you instead of, uh, you know, the shade room uh, or TMZ or a bunch of bullshit drama that does not positively impact you in any way. 
instead of the very difficult task of trying to completely silence your mind initially, okay, cool, you can't silence it, but okay, all of a sudden, these things that are popping into your mind unconsciously are actually pushing you in the right direction, right? And you'll notice a change in sort of like your baseline frequency and how you feel and how you think immediately, right? And you're going to start to visualize a more positive future. So like even just doing that is going to start to put you in a position that Arlen is talking about where you're getting hit with things that inspire you uh, on a daily basis. And then the challenge no longer becomes like, hey, how do I fight all these negative and horrible thoughts? And then it becomes, hey, how do I choose between the good ones, right? And then life starts to get exciting. Um, so I think that a lot of people need to just like at a baseline, go in and like change their inputs, right? Just like diet. You know what I mean? People pay it. Oh, I shouldn't eat fast food. Oh, I should exercise. Okay. But if you're spending eight hours a day on this thing, this is your biggest input. This. So fix it, right? If you're not going to quit it, you have to fix it. You know what I mean? Bro, it's so good. And I'm so glad you brought up the algorithm because I talk about this at length in I just actually did a organize a new webinar for 2024. Um and in this it's kind of like my manifestation or my ma- my manifesto, manifestation of my manifesto. And one of the key reasons I tell people of three, three reasons that you're not living the life you want, attracting the partner you want, making the money you want is because of what is called the algo satanic algorithm. And the reason that I call it satanic, and that might sound a little intense, but the reason is because that which is distracting you from outside inputs, these outside inputs that are distracting you and creating noise is satanic. The inputs inputs that are entering your brain through social media that are random, that are not chosen by you, that are not coming from the voice of stillness, that are creating noise and cluttering your brain are satanic. And now you have a choice, right? As Champ is saying, you can't just silence it, but you can control it. And you can at least channel those inputs so that they motivate you from the positive. And you can actually trans- transform those inputs into something more positive. So as Champ said, one thing you can do is you can click the three dots on Instagram and say not interested. You can also mute people that don't inspire you or that you don't genuinely love and care about. And another thing that you can do, um, aside from muting and clicking not interested, is you can simply choose to become a creator instead of a consumer. And so, for example, right now, right, we are recording this podcast. We are creating. Now, our screen time might be up. But it's a different kind of screen time than the screen time that most people are doing, which is consuming. So I came up with this uh, a, a few years ago when I was doing YouTube. And it was it was looking at my screen time as how much screen time is is for producing and how much is for consuming. And as long as throughout the day, 
my screen time is relating to producing more. And I like to apply the 80-20 principle. I should be producing 80% of my day and consuming 20%. And in that 20%, and this, you know, this might be something that, you know, as you're just starting out your journey, it's not going to be, you know, you might start off with producing 20% of the time, consuming 80. But if you skew this and you really focus on putting out more than you're than you're consuming, and then those inputs that you are consuming, you click not interested, you click mute. And not only that, but you like and you, it, sometimes I, I, once, I actually did this, uh, I should do it again, but I trained my Instagram discover page on the algorithm of watches. So I found all of these, these watch pages like AP, Rolex, you know, whatever. Um, I can't think of any of the specific pages, but every time a reel came up of like a fancy, a fancy watch, right? I would, I would watch it. I would send it to a friend. I would like it and I would comment. And then pretty soon after doing that for like 20, 30 minutes, my whole discover page on Instagram was now just nice watches. And what is that? That's a vision board. That is training my mind and my thoughts to think about something that I want to create more of in my life. And so what are your thoughts there? What you're really doing there, and this is something that everybody can do, is training their, if, if, if you're going to have some sort of like obsession or be fed things by the algo, take something that you can aspire to. I know watches sounds very materialistic, but if you are in a position where you don't yet have any watches or something, something that you, you want or like, right? Something that you as- aspire to. doesn't matter what it is. Maybe it's like uh, it, even just a relationship or something, right? Then what you're going to do is become obsessed with something that you cannot yet acquire. Uh, and then your brain's going to start to fill in the gaps of how do I get there, right? And in... A very popular book that many people watch as have probably read called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, the author speaks about something uh, that has to do with how to think the right way and how to move in the right direction in life, which is to which is to flip negative thoughts into questions, right? So he talks about his poor dad, his biological dad, who doesn't have a lot of money, um, which love my parents, by the way, but this is kind of an experience that mirrors my own life. Uh, spe- speaks about his poor dad saying like oh we can't afford it and then he speaks about his rich dad saying how can i afford it because whenever you start to pose these things as questions your brain's natural instinct is figure out how to fill in the gaps right and solve problems humans are amazing problem solvers right that's what the brain does um so as you were training your algo on the watches or whatever or as you turn your instagram into a bit board for the things that you aspire to and you and you instead of looking at your algorithm and feeling imposter syndrome and being like oh i can't do any of this the question becomes how do i do this right and then to tie it back short of the values um maybe one of your core values becomes self-improvement right maybe one of your core values becomes wealth acquisition and preservation which by the way like i i know maybe You'd watch us and be like, oh, one of my values shouldn't be money. People like different things, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I, I, like, it, it, and David Goggins talks about this as well, right? That, like, the biggest catalyst for growth 
is the 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 sort of discomfort and dissonance of not being uh, of the acknowledgement of not being where you want to be and i talked about this with dan co in our podcast as well the importance of an anti-vision a lot of us don't know where we want to go right like i don't know exactly where i'm going to be in five years but i definitely know where i don't want to go and i definitely know what i don't want my life to look like so sometimes in order to get that sort of initial catalyst in order to start making change you have to have a hard conversation with yourself and 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 feel scared about the life that you don't want to happen in order to take it seriously. But it is then subsequently your responsibility to make the transition away from okay, I've started moving because I, I I was scared. Okay, now in order to keep moving, I have to become a new person and use this motivation that I have to actually transform the spirit, to actually transform the values, to actually transform the mind, to create a flywheel that is sustainable and get out of this sine wave. Right. Instead of my life looking like this, it starts to look like a steady move to the upside and then it becomes calm. Right. And then it just becomes who you are. And then slowly I've experienced this. You've experienced this. Things that seemed impossible start happening every month. Right. And then this number in your bank account is that everything becomes normal eventually. Dude, like there are there are people who are making $10 million per month profit. Is getting deposited into their bank account. Every time they see that, they're not like, oh, we're good. It's normal, right? That's the life that they've designed for themselves, right? But that $10 million deposit doesn't matter if you're not living a virtuous life that you actually enjoy. It doesn't matter if every time you get that deposit, you're spending five of it on a 20-day yacht bender that is destroying you until you get the next deposit, right? So you, you, you can sort of do this at any level in life, but... Again, like the I, the the key takeaway here, I, be, because we've been we've been quite a while, I think is that like you 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 have to aspire to be a new person who wants to do the right things consistently. You have to stop self sabotaging by rewarding yourself with things that are actually destroying you, um, and you have to learn to sort of live a life of consistency because the magic is not in doing it for a week or for a month. Uh, the magic isn't even in doing it for a year. The magic is 10 years from now living a life where you're doing all of the right things every single day where everyone around you is taken care of and you're doing it calmly, sustainably, healthily because it's who you are, not something you're forcing yourself to do. You know? Bro, yeah, so good. I love the concept of the anti-vision and we've been talking a lot about like what you can do yourself, right? Like defining a list of values, curating your feed, creation instead of consumption. But what do you say to someone? And let's, let's dive into the importance of the people that you surround yourself with and surrounding yourself with individuals that are operating on a higher frequency and how that affects your mindset and your ability to manifest thought with intention into reality. If I had not met five of the right people that pushed me in the right direction, I would probably be almost broke instead of having, like it would literally have cost me millions of dollars. That's how important it is. It is so important that I would attribute 99% of my wealth acquisition to knowing the right people. And that's multifaceted. It's not just like, it, it, it's not just like, oh, this connection made me money. This connection, because it did, right? These, these are people that 
put me in, in a great position or ins inspire me to do the right thing. But it's also that who you are around is probably the, aside from the algo, the strongest mindset designer which exists, right? So that's why we, why I'm happy to do uh, as many of these podcasts as possible because like, okay, I'm creating content for my community, for your community, but also like this keeps me on the right path. This keeps me accountable, right? And, and, and this makes me do the right things, having conversations like this one, right? And this is a really sort of hard realization for a lot of people, right? And one of the big objections when it's like, we we're talking about muting people or unfollowing them on Instagram or Twitter, right? It's like, oh, I like, but this is my life. A long friend, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Like, oh, but this is like, I can't unfollow this person because I have this wedding. These aren't actual. Um, because what you're saying when you say that is that you value these people over yourself. And what you're saying is that it is more important to you to preserve a, a, a superficial online relationship that you don't really care about than to design your own future, which is not only selfish, right? Because if you correctly design your own future, it's also the, a better future for all of your loved ones. And it's also a better future for everybody who you talk to, right? So you have to take this seriously. That's why we just uh, spent 15 grand for four days in Spain. Uh, that's why I, I I just started my inner circles, why you have tribe. Like it is so important. I, I actually cannot impress upon the viewer enough how much it matters who you surround yourself with. This is literally will make or break you. And the whole your network is your net worth thing, like out of all the sort of common adages that can be kind of corny, like that is probably the truest one that I can think of. Do you agree? Absolutely. I mean, it's exactly why I created Tribe Accelerator. It's, which is my network that I run where I actually teach networking. Tribe Accelerator is a network that teaches networking through obviously mastering persuasion and influence and cognitive biases and attraction triggers, but also through applying those principles through building a brand on social media. And the reason I created this is because it's, as you said, champ, I would not be here if it weren't for the people that I surrounded myself with early on and the mindset that I had in relation to the people that were not helping me advance my goals. So I'm going to dive into a little bit of a story here. When I was starting my YouTube channel, and uh, for listeners that don't know, I got my first start or my first big win through YouTube. I was posting videos every day in 2016 going into 2017. And I was doing it at Boston University. I was 18, 19 years old, just posting videos on YouTube, essentially daily vlogs showing my lifestyle. Uh, and by lifestyle, you know, the lifestyle of your average American college student. And I had the luck and fortune and foresight to realize that without the assistance and the push of friends that were in the same mindset, I simply would not have advanced further in this path. And when I, when I was first thinking about starting a YouTube channel, I had just gotten off a year-long path of failing in almost every business you could imagine. I tried the SMA, SMMA route. I tried Shopify. I tried you know drop shipping. I tried um, starting a course on how to be an influencer, even though I only had 800 followers on Instagram. 
I tried all these different business models. I tried to start an app. I tried to convince my roommates freshman year of college to learn how to code through Code with Chris on YouTube. And it didn't work. Nothing worked. And the only win that I had was throughout my freshman year of trying all this stuff is I made about five close relationships of people that I wouldn't that I wouldn't say were on the highest frequency or the highest level, right? But they were pushing me to improve. And so when I got to my second year of college and I started this YouTube channel, I had a number of people in my corner that when I posted videos, they would tell me, Arlen, this is good. You need to keep doing this. The seventh video I ever posted on YouTube, I almost quit. But I had one friend, his name's Kyle Kent, shout out to Kyle, who I wasn't that close with, you know, like he was just, uh, he went to a different school than me. We talked online sometimes. And he said, Arlen, please just keep making these videos. You are really good at it. I know you've only made seven, but just just do, just continue. I was doing a 30-day challenge when I first started. He said, just please keep making the videos. And he is the single person that motivated me to go further. So I kept going, right? I also had the foresight to find a, fr- uh, a friend online. Um, his name's Felix Hutenbach, who I'm still very good friends with to this day. Felix at the time was building a startup and he was in the Delta V uh, Accelerator program at MIT. And he's a crazy German entrepreneur who at the time, you know, he, he didn't have any financial success or anything. He was building his first startup. Fast forward a few years later, this guy's built companies that have made literally hundreds of millions of dollars uh, yearly, um, multiple. And at the time he was building that startup, we were online accountability partners. So we would meet every week and we would go over a list of goals that we had and we would hold each other accountable to actions and to crossing off goals and to advancing further. And if it weren't for him, here's here's the reason this was so important to me. Because while I had Felix and Kyle and maybe one or two other friends that were in the same mindset, The rest of my friends were not supportive. I had a roommate in college, housemate. I lived in a house with uh, six guys. It was one of those kind of frat sort of style houses. And every time I would film myself on camera, I had one guy that I lived with who, as I would be filming myself, he would just go, faggot, pussy, just completely. And he was older than me and he was actually cool. Like he was college cool, you know? And that those were the voices in my head but if i didn't have people from the outside that i met online that were pushing me i wouldn't be sitting here today i would have made nearly amount of money if i were listening to those people that were dragging me down i wouldn't be here what i did instead is i had people pushing me that believed in me and i used the other people that were tearing me down as fuel and motivation and so that's ultimately why i started tribe because i wanted to create a, a, a place online for people to have similar experiences to meet people who could be that voice that pushes them and that tells them to keep going. And so that those people that that call them a fag for posting TikToks or YouTube videos, you can just silence them. So people, anytime, I talk about something, anytime you try something, um, anytime you aspire to do something, anytime you 
do things that are out of the ordinary, the average person, which is the vast majority of people, are going to respond to it very negatively and do everything in their power to get you to stop doing it by either making fun of you or trying to make you feel terrible about it. Hey, come back down to my level, right? And this is because, this is not because they actually think that it's stupid what you're doing. This is because you're doing things that's on a deeper level they wish they could do or they want to do, but they're scared to do it. So they don't want to see you do it because what you are doing is exposing their insecurities and getting ahead of them, right? And I know this maybe sounds like kind of like a conceited take, like, oh, like they're just, they just uh, wish they could be me. But the reality is this, dude, like a lot of people have a lot of things they aspire to be. A lot of people have a lot of dreams um, that they consider like embarrassing. So they won't do it, right? Like maybe this kid actually really, really likes dance, right? Or this kid really likes playing the saxophone or something. Or this this kid that acts like he just had to do it uh, for his school credits actually really likes choir class and likes singing or something. Or maybe this guy really likes making YouTube videos. And none of them are doing it because it doesn't fit this like really small box of sort of social norms. And when you're young, it's really easy to let the world talk you out of chasing your dreams because it's not cool, right? And, but what's going to happen if you give into that pressure and let that happen is you're going to look back when you're 30 years old and all those kids who made fun of you are going to be living lives that are terrible that you do not want. And you're going to either have let them suck you into that life or you're going to be have become extraordinary by acting at odds with the pressure that they are applying to you to keep you from fulfilling their own dreams that they are scared to chase in front of them right so it's really hard when you're in high school it's hard when you're in college too which which, which by the way i was like a very 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 socially active kid in high school and in college right like in all of the circles that were like cool do you know what i mean and i was and the older that i got this is very funny the more ostracized i began to become from these groups because i more and more stopped pretending that i didn't want to do all these things i started posting music on the internet i was doing videos i was doing i was posting things on instagram on twitter all these stuff that 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 was like that they were making fun of me for and then let me tell you what happened. It worked. And I started my first online business. And we did in 45 minutes um, more profit than 10 to 20 years of the average American salary. And then for two weeks straight, every day I got two to three texts from all of these people. Hey, dude, how are you doing? Hey, we can catch up sometime. Hey, I think it's really cool what you're doing. Hey, I always do this work. Hey, I always knew you'd be successful, right? You always had it in you, right? Case in point, it doesn't fucking matter, dude. Like your life is only yours. And instead of listening to those people, we have the internet, right? There are massive amounts of people that you can connect with and become very good friends with without ever having to meet them in person that are going to inspire you and push you to do the things that are actually going to change your life, right? And that's the through line, right? Like Arlen and I are across the United States right now, but it doesn't matter. Um, you know what I mean? Be, be, because he's still inspiring me and pushing me to be better and um fuck what those kids say it doesn't matter right like it it could not matter less 
and your future self is going to thank you for not listening to them. Do you agree? Absolutely. And I want to talk about bridging off that idea that, you know, you have these negative influences in your life that you can ultimately transmute into fuel. And energy can only be, this is Newton's third law, energy cannot be created or destroyed. Energy can only be transformed. And when you understand that, you look at all of the energy around you, all the inputs coming toward you. You have negative influences. You have a potential addiction to smoking weed. You have an addiction to pornography. You have an addiction to girls, sex, any type of drug. And that is input, right? You simply cannot destroy that input and that energy coming your way. But you can transform it. You can transform energy. And so one thing I want to talk about is, and in my program Maxi, I talk about the master vision. When you create a master vision for your life, one thing I recommend is being proactive with the dark forces in your life and transforming and transmuting the dark energy around you. Get very clear about what are your dark tendencies, okay? What is the 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 energy within you or around you that you have a proclivity to get distracted by? That you have that you know, oh, when that when when I see, you know, uh, someone smoking weed or when I see, you know, someone playing video games, I just want to fall into that path. How can you create and champ champ I'd love your input on this. How can you transmute and transform dark influences that are coming to you? And how do you then take that and put it into your plan for your identity and your mindset so that you're proactively fielding all of this darkness coming your way and putting into like your your transfusion machine and, and outputting light? Simple. So if you spend enough time around negative influences, they're going to rub off on you. But my suggestion is not that you like literally refuse to hang out with anyone who you deem like not on your level, right? Like there, there's a fine line between, you know, being aware of these things and just being pretentious. However, in the situations where you are around these individuals, there's great lessons to be taken. So it's very simple. I look at somebody, I look at their behaviors and their habits um, that I potentially deem not a good influence. Right. And instead of being worried that they're going to rub off on me, I just do a quick evaluation of their life situation and where they are. And then, and I'm a naturally very, very empathetic individual. Right. So I can immediately put myself in their shoes. I can imagine what it would feel like to be, to be living their exact life on the trajectory with the opportunities they currently have. And I feel it. And I'm very quickly able to feel, um, a level of like, oh my God, this is not what I want my life to be. So we talked earlier about anti-vision. You then use that feeling because feelings in the body are 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 very, very real. And we spoke earlier. And again, Dr. Joe Dispenza speaks about this at great length on the podcast that I mentioned earlier. Um, the body treats that very, very real feeling as if it's really happening to you. So this can be a very powerful experience. 
And as you feel that, you use that powerful experience to make a decision, okay, this is not what I want, right? You use that as sort of your Kickstarter to then go seek the individuals who, when you do that, when you put yourself in their exact life situation, you feel very, very positive emotions, right? Like whenever I hang out, whenever I hang out with like you or we are talking about Colin, that's what you any, any of these guys, right? If I had to swap lives with you guys, I'd be happy. Like, okay, cool. Like they're also making a lot of money. Okay, cool. They, they're in healthy, good relationships. They travel all the time. Like their businesses are doing well. Cool. I, I would I would trade with you for a couple months. It'd be great. Um, if that's the case, okay, this is somebody that I should spend time around because they're going to sort of begin to rub off on me and even sort of on a subconscious and intuitive level, like socially, I'm going to want to appease and impress the people around me. Their expectations of me are going to be similar to their expectations to hold me accountable. And there's like this subconscious unspoken power of being around individuals like that, just like you need to take very seriously. And again, don't be like pretentious, don't be an asshole. But you need to take very seriously the way that people are, are, are rubbing off on you as well. It's if you work really hard on your business for or five days a week, but every Saturday and Sunday, you know, you have your friend Jacob or whatever, who you guys were best friends in high school. Uh, Jacob is, you know, working a, a minimum wage job. And every Saturday and Sunday, he wakes up, takes 10 dabs and plays Madden for 10 hours. And that's how you spend your weekend, right? Then two, then two out of your seven days... Um, are influencing you in a negative manner. And I think people have a really hard time letting go of, you know, we talked earlier about being addicted to a life that you don't like, but you might really like these people. And I have friends that I love, that I will, that I will still be kind to, that I will still invite out to visit me, that I will spend time with for the rest of my life, who are bad influences, but it's conscious and it's limited. And if anything my hope is that I can inspire them to improve, right? So, and that's not to position myself as some type of like guru or genius. I still fuck up all the time, um, but I'm trying to be better. Um, and I consciously will only spend extended amounts of time with people that I know are better than me in at least like one or two areas of life. So again, like it can be really hard, but you have to like have a hard conversation with yourself about like the people who are in your life and like are these people serving me right that's why i built my community you have Maxi, you have tribe like it's it's one of your biggest inputs and it's very important that you you maintenance it like you would a yard uh or like you would your body you know absolutely yeah i i think you know you said something that I wanted to piggyback off of, but it just slipped my mind, and that's okay. That is okay. Let's dive into. I, I wanna. I, I know that you said that you have your list of values, right? And and I, I want to know because obviously I've created a tool to assist people with all, all these topics that we're talking about. We're talking about having a community of people that lift you up. We're talking about defining a list of values and your identity and setting goals. I've created a tool called Maxi, but before we talk about that, I want to know, are there any other tools that you use on a daily basis that have helped you to apply all these principles that we're talking about today? Yeah. So I won't, like, I don't want to dive into like all the nitty gritty details of, of my tech stack. It's going to take too long and get kind of boring, but to be honest, like I use simple tools, 
I have I, I have a Notion dashboard that I front loaded a lot of work into building into an efficient system that I, I believe works really well. Shout out to my friend George Stoitsev for helping me out with that. He's going to actually come speak to our group as well um, and get everybody onboarded onto a dashboard. But I have a simple Notion dashboard that has quick links to all of these things, right? So I see my values every day. I see my mission statement every day. And I also, um, every day, make myself pick and adhere to three core objectives, right? Meaning that if I work for 12 hours and I don't get these three things done, I fail. I did horrible work today. If I work for one hour and I get these three things done in a really high clip, great. I was immensely productive today. Because that makes you pick and choose in accordance with those values and the things you're trying to accomplish, which is really important to you. Because a lot of us are spinning our wheels all the time, right? I have a, I'm have very diligent about how I block out my calendar, right? Even on my more relaxed days, um, I have my time blocked out, even if it's blocked out in a way that's like, hey, this is free time. This is flex time. It's color-coded between things that are giving me energy, uh, deep work, half to task, which I would consider... Um, taking my energy um and i can immediately look at my calendar on any day okay how much of it is great how much do i put in my health how much of it is purple how much am i really doing high leverage tasks that help my business how much of it is yellow how much am i spending doing stuff that really i should be delegating to someone else in order to preserve my brain power right so i'm able to look at my calendar every day and see like how good am i doing of sort of managing my time and then i use chat gpt uh to multiply my, my my outputs to multiply my current competencies right so i talk about a mission statement and values um and this is something that i'll be publishing within our our, our group as well right like there's some some really really great sort of prompts and chat gpt templates that i actually used to okay like i, I built out a kind of jumbled list of of my values uh it, and I knew kind of what I wanted my personal mission statement to do. I was able to go in and by correctly prompting chat GPT uh, and, and inputting details about my own life and my objectives, have it spit out for me a, a really, really great, like actually compiled and easy to read mission statement and list of values, right? So I'm, I'm using chat GPT for that as well. Um, but my tech stack is pretty simple, man. What about you? Yeah, I think um, you, you talked about Notion. I love Notion. I use Notion to organize my business uh, more so than my personal life. Although I do have a personal life Notion as well. I just don't uh, tap into it quite as much. Yeah, I think honestly, one of the the best, some of the best tools I have are, are hardware. You know, I love, and as simple as it might sound, I recommend everyone right now, go on Amazon and buy some wired Apple headphones because my wired Apple headphones pump me with good vibrations of people I find inspiring and champs here with the Bluetooth. And there's nothing wrong with Bluetooth. I have my, my Bluetooth as well. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's cringing it. <laughs> but, but you know what? There's nothing wrong with a little bit of EMF in your brain, champ. It's all right. But for me, I love it. Go ahead. And now I'm in, I just, uh, my mic stand broke the other day, so I had to have these. Uh, um, it. but yeah okay well yeah there's you know and I use mine when I'm training because I have my face my trainer on FaceTime and you know I, I I have to fry my brain a little bit but you know in my morning bike ride I wear my backpack I throw my phone in my backpack and then my my headphones come up over the top and boom they're in there and it's just 
a wonderful, it is just a wonderful tool. It is a wonderful tool to, to help inspire my life, right? And inspire the energy that I have. Um, another, another one I would say is just a blank journal. A blank journal is a beautiful tool, you know, being able to, as you said, you have your three core objectives. I like to handwrite mine in the mornings. Um, you know, my gratitudes, my core objectives. And I also write, I like to write a letter to whatever you might believe in. You might want to write the universe or God. I like to write a letter to God in the morning and say, you know, thank you for this day. Thank you for the, the, the energy that you bestowed upon me and my health. And I ask that you guide me in a direction that is, is giving the most amount of light in the world. And with that being said, you know, there should be a link in this, in this podcast description um, to check out Maxi. And Maxi is a tool that I invented that contextualizes a, a lot of the principles we've been talking about today. And Champ, I know you've checked it out a little bit, but Maxi is something that it's, I like to refer to, it's like an 80-20 life planning tool. Okay, and the 80-20 principle, for those that aren't familiar with it, is basically the most effective paradigm of living reality. It's how to get more done in less effort. As Champ said, if you have three tasks to do in a day and you get them all done in an hour, that's a perfect example of the 80-20 principle because if you can only work one hour a day but get more than most people do, completing one task in eight hours of the day, then you've simply mastered the ability of planning and foresight and realizing that it's typically a few actions that create the majority of the results that you're looking for. And so when I invented Maxi, I made sure that in helping people craft their vision, which is the first thing that Maxi does, we're applying the 80-20 principle. We are only creating visions in our life with things that fulfill us long-term, and we're not adding in surface-level things. And then when it comes to planning, because there's a planning element with Maxi, every day you plan and every week you plan, you're focusing only on the core actions that give you massive returns. Those actions in that plan are emailed to you so that you have a reference and you can check out on throughout your week. And then after that, you have a mental reprogramming side and you can literally program your brain using this tool, Maxi, to become the type of person that goes up in the exponential curve. And link in the description will check it out or you can just go to mindsetdesign.com slash new. There's a new landing page that I created I'm pretty excited about. And yeah, that's th those are my tools. I got my journal, I got my wired headphones and I got my Maxi. And my Notion, Notion's great too. We should be, uh, we should, we should be paid by Notion, but we're not. <laughs> I want an Aura Ring sponsorship, bro. That's what I really want. This is like my favorite thing in the world, bro. I love this thing. Um, but yeah, man. No, yeah. Like I, I checked out Maxi as well. I think that the businesses that you're building are really, really cool. They're inspiring me because, um, you've made a living out of pursuing better life, right? and you've productized pursuing a better life, right? Which to me is a very noble and important cause. And, and Maxi's super cheap as well. So like, it, it just it just makes sense, especially because you can get it for $1 for the first month. Anyway, um, 
yeah, bro. I always want to, you know, like platform people who I think are doing actually cool shit. I think Max is really cool. I think everything that you're doing is really cool. I think today was a super productive conversation. I'm sure we'll keep it going. I'm sure we'll do more of these. Um, we do have to wrap though, because I'm, I'm I'm about to jump to another call. Was there anything else that you wanted to like close out with before we before we into here? Yeah, you mentioned the one dollar for the first month of Maxi. If you use the code Champ, it'll activate your one dollar code, uh, and we'll type that in the description. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think this was a really interesting and productive conversation. I just want to go back and highlight what I think my favorite part was, which is what you said. And it was that people are addicted to a life that they don't even like. And so I want people to really ponder that and think about what part of your life do you not like that you just keep repeating over and over. Maybe it's you get into the, you've got your relationship and you, you realize it's not that you're having a different argument with your spouse every time. You're just having the same argument a thousand times and you're addicted to it. Maybe it's not that you struggle to lose weight. Maybe it's that Every morning you drive by the Dunkin' Donuts, you have to have that glazed donut, right? Maybe you're making the same mistake a thousand times because you're addicted to it. You're addicted to a life you don't even like, and we have to break out of the sine wave. Understand that progress is exponential. Understand that these things require patience and understand that exercising just a little bit of discipline is going to begin to transform you into an individual who actually enjoys doing the right things with that we're gonna wrap right here arlen it's been an absolute pleasure uh, i'm sure we'll do more of these like i said everybody you can check out maxi of course follow arlen myself if you like what we talked about and that's all i have for today i have one last request so champ you told me an incredible story because i'm going to be speaking to your community uh this coming week and you told me just a really cool analogy that i think will inspire people um, about how you came up with this whole idea of breaking outside of the box and where that comes from. Because you have like a bit of a video game background. I'm sure people listening will relate to this. So what? where where does this idea of, you know, out the box come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or or out, out, out in the map, rather. So when I was a kid growing up, I used to play a lot of video games. And one of the most uh, impactful video games of my entire life was Halo 3. Um, and uh, probably everybody watches this video has either played that game or is familiar with it. And there was something called forge mode in Halo 3 where you, you could go on there and you could just edit the map. You could, you could spawn in all these different like weapons, items, boxes, all this stuff. And on almost every single map in the game, you could figure out a way to glitch out of the map. So there's like the standard playing area. And then there you would have to like, drop a box here, jump on this, melee this wall one time, and then you can like jump through this invisible barrier and all of a sudden you're out of the map and you get out of the map. And it's always just these expansive areas where as you look back in, you can see everybody running around in the regular playable area. You can see through all of the walls back in to observe the entire regular playable space because you weren't even supposed to be out there. And then you can you turn around and you were just met with this sort of infinite expanse. So I think of that as a metaphor for what has happened to my own life in the past two years. There was this small little segment of life that I was subscribed to that I believe was how the world worked, which I would I would compare to the default playable area on these maps. 
you know, you can walk here, you go up this little list, you can jump here, and then there's invisible walls around the entire thing. And then by knowing a few of the right actions to take, you could exit this area and go somewhere a hundred times bigger and more expansive. Look back and see just how small the world was that you used to exist then and explore and live in a terrain that you thought was previously impossible to venture to. I live outside of the map now. It's where I exist entirely. And my objective is to inspire people to understand that if you're watching this, there's about a 99% chance that you are in the sort of prescribed little playable area right now. And if we can just do a couple of the correct actions, you can see a world that is infinitely more expansive, infinitely bigger, and realize that the way you were living before was immensely limited without even realizing it. So it's really how I would sort of analogize my entire life experience. L1, L1, square, triangle, escape. I didn't play video games. And holy shit, the world is so much bigger than I thought it is. So we'll talk about that more next week. Um, yeah, thanks. It's been an absolute pleasure. Great. All right, we both got calls to hop on too. So listener, hope you enjoyed this. Go binge all our other content. And um, we'll see you the next time Champ and I link up. Maybe it's going to be in Japan. Who knows? Yeah, you'll see, you'll see. Vlogged on the way. I'll see you guys later. Peace.